right, I'm going to go ahead and get started. And we'll let everybody come and go or watch this after the fact. So my name is Beth Guide. I'm with a company called Vertical Web. And we've been, we're now going on about our sixth year doing this class with the Houston West Chamber of Commerce. And as I do every January, I start to bring in focus of what we're doing, where we're going, and how we're going to get there for the upcoming year. Um, we have a lot of changes that have happened at the end of 2022 that are going to affect our 2023. So we need to make sure that we are on point and we know where we're going, what we're doing, and um, you know, kind of sort of start to put together a plan on how we're going to get there. So. I put together a list of things that I thought were going to be um, important um, for 2023, and I kind of made us a little mini checklist that includes, you know, your website, the build of your website, the content on your website, the fact of whether you're an expert or not, understanding how backlinks work, and how to have just an all-around winning digital presence. And, and the reason for that is that Google... Um, not saying that we've not taught it this way for years, but all my philosophy of um, putting our best foot forward, making sure that we have the best content available, uh, making sure that we're doing things in a way that are um, congruent with being the best, Google has now upped the ante on how the algorithm works to accommodate that. So I kind of sat down and I thought about, hey, what would I have to do to do this in a way that would um, that would that we could kind of say, hey, this is what we need to know for 2023. So I'm going to start with your website and how the website's structured. And uh, you know, a lot of the times I say this, and I and I and it goes off into a a, a situation of you know, how can you say this? But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, the structure and architecture of your website is extremely important for success. So if you want, if one of your goals is to be on a search engine in a visible way, that website has to be built in a certain way to be able to support that. And, and what I mean when I say that is there's a lot of uh, tools out there like uh, Squarespace, uh, like Wix, um, Weebly, um, that are drag and drop interfaces uh, that let you build a website and put a website, Shopify as well, that lets you put together a website. But when you put that website together, what ends up happening is um, we have no visibility through Google. So it's only what you drive through who you know and or through social channels. So if your goal is to have Google traffic, that's a different goal than if my goal is to have um, traffic from, um, let's, let's just, you know, traffic from, from myself or, tra you know, or excuse me, from Google or traffic from, um, you know, a search engine of some sort. It's very important that we make sure that we have that we have our architecture put together right. I have been screaming that from the rafters for a lot of years. Um, I have long talked about how we were going to accomplish that. Um, I've long talked about what that really looks like. And you know, for for recap purposes, for people that have not heard me, and I and I, you know, there's a, there's a really 
starting to be a very large uh, on-demand following um, this. Um, so I, I want to, you know, I want to make sure that we're, you know, kind of clear on, you know, what I'm saying here. Um, the thing, the thing is, is that those tools don't get you where you want to go. So you need to be looking at a WordPress build, um, inside that WordPress build. I want you to make sure that you have, um, some, some solid plugins. I, I, I know there's many different ways to build a website within WordPress, uh, I, I'm going to say like for the design tool, we've been telling everybody, hey, Elementor is the better route to take um, for, um, you know, for some of the back ends, we, we recommend Rank Math over, over Yoast. There's a lot of different plugins that we, you know, we've kind of worked through the process and refined to make sure that we can put together a solid um WordPress build that ranks within Google. Another one that I'm going to mention to you guys, uh, as well as WP Rocket. Um, you know, there's other ones out there. WP Rocket does a great job. Um, you know, the folks like with my hosting company, you can have your own CDN um, that we set up through Amazon so that you know, we, we have the caching that you have a content network. There's multiple different things that you can do to make sure that your website works in the best possible way to meet Google's criteria. And I, and I think that's an extremely important thing that we all have to look at. So the back end in the architecture, if you have a custom built website, that back end in architecture is required to meet the goals just as much as um, if you build it in Squarespace. So I, I've had large corporations contact me, say, hey, I've had proper problems with my website. It's an entirely custom build. It's not been put together right. It's a lot of problems, a lot of bloated code, and therefore it doesn't work correctly. So I think that, you know, everybody that looks at this, if you are not going to... Um, put the time into your back end properly, you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage. And I, and I don't, I don't like that to happen to anybody, but that's just, you know, that's kind of just where we're at with all of this. So that's, that's the first level of, of what we have to look at. Beyond that, the structure of that website needs to be put together correctly. So what I mean when I say the structure of the website needs to be put together right, what I'm basically saying is that you need to have a proper nav bar. You need to use proper H1 tags, proper um, inter, you know, in, in placement of keywords. I still continue to come across websites that don't use those tags properly. Um, you know, I have one now that we just started working on and, and they were like, well, you know, the students at the University of Houston did it. That's great, but uh, you know they're, they they've actually never probably had Google 101 classes. So I, I see a lot of mistakes and a lot of problems that are created just simply because those those tools within the website and the website architecture are not being built properly. So I I, I want to make sure that everybody understands that there's a technical element. We'll have technical school again this year. I I do it every year. Is make sure we have a technical SEO class that's up to date. And make sure that we understand what the architecture is, what we should be doing, how we should be doing it, and how we should get there. Those are all very important things. Um, the other thing I'm going to say is don't overbloat your websites with uh, 
plugins. That's another problem that we see a lot of the time is that the plugins are bloated, not put together right. And that makes us that makes a set of a problem. So make sure that we get that piece correct as well. Um, but your website and your website architecture are just as important this year as they were last year. And because of how Google's evaluating some things, I think they're even more important than they've ever been before. The next one I'm going to touch on, and I don't want to, because the website class is one all on its own, but I, I just want to let you guys know that we need to be focused on that. But the next one is an even bigger, bigger, bigger problem. Um, you know, all the way along, we've always talked about adding content to the website. I've always kind of given some parameters of, um, you know, what should be the page, how the page should be written, how the page should be assembled. Um, those things are all still valid. So let me let me kind of touch on those items real quick. Um, first of all, um, you know, our page should have some some length to it. So, you know, you want your page to be around a thousand words. Um, as I'm giving you these, I, I want to say this. If your page, if you write a page and you get, you know, to 700 words and you think you have said everything about that subject that you wanted to say and that page is complete, I'm okay with you stopping there. If you have to go on to go on to 1500 words to make that topic complete, please do so. Because at the end of the, at the end of the day, what ends up happening is you um, you cannot have a rote factory of every article that you have is 1100, 1101, 1105, 995, because there there is not a normal cadence to that. So if you're going to sit down and write a page, you're gonna you're gonna start having you're gonna start having problems because those pages need to not be the same all over the place. So I want to make sure that everybody is clear with that because I'm going to introduce a new subject into this here in about 30 seconds. That's going to explain why I don't want anything formulaic. So back in September, we started to talk about uh, content, content quality and how Google was assessing the content quality. And they were saying that, you know, they wanted good quality content. They were kind of penalizing if it was from AI um, and they were looking for AI content. I'll, and I'll explain to you why in a second, but they're, they're actively pursuing looking for AI content. And the thought process on that, and again, this is not like somebody from Google came and told me, but what they know is that with AI content, I don't have to write a good, well-thought-out page that makes an argument, that makes new information. I can basically create a page that makes sense grammatically, that covers a theme, throw it on the internet, and not really adding any value to the internet. Because, because the thing is, is that we're all doing things to appease Google without a nod to what the end result really is, which is to provide the end user with a really good answer. Um, if somebody asks me a question, because I'm an expert on the subject, I can comprehensively answer that question. And the thing is that's happening on the internet is that people are just out there 
spewing words, stringing them together, stringing them in a way that meets Google's criteria. I've seen people, SEO companies say, you know, hey, for backlink purposes and backlinks on my list, but for backlink purposes, I can spin up a website for backlinks in under 30 minutes because what they're doing is they're doing it and creating it with AI content. They're giving it a few concepts and the AI tools are generating the entire website. So what ends up happening is you have a website that's a lot of not good, solid information that may rank, um, may be where you want to be, but at the end of the day does not produce good results for who the end user who's reading it. So let, let's talk about where we see that. We see it a lot. And, and I think the question becomes is, can we identify it when we see it? So where you'll see it sometimes is this morning, I was flipping through Twitter and just kind of seeing what was going on in the world. And I saw this article that talked about if you saw, if a dog, you know, puts his paw on your leg, what does it mean? So I clicked through to it. And it's a very poorly written, it was just ad bait, but it was poorly written and it was like things that dogs do, but it was very clearly not written by a human being. There's sentence structure that doesn't appear right. The thought process doesn't go from X to Y. It may go from X to Z and back to A. Um, there's a lot of mishmash of how things fit together. So when you have those type circumstances and those type problems, um, it starts to make issues because you can't actually read it and get good feeling from it because it's truly a big mixed up mess. So they went through back in September and started to try to flag these um um, these articles. And because they were able to flag them, they penalized them. And sites that were um, using these type pages were hit and were removed. Now, I have one that came to us mid-year last year. So I told you this happened in September. They probably got with us June and July. And the previous webmaster had 300 word pages on concepts about their business, but they, if you actually read them, they were poorly written. They were English, you know, English is a second language. And I mean, we've kidding around for years. I mean, technically English is my second language, even though I don't sound like it, but there is certain words and ways and phraseologies that people use when English is their second language. So there was a lot of that in it. There was a lot of keyword stuffing in the pages that the pages were not written to be informational. They were written to have enough structure on a page that I could stuff keywords into a sentence structure. When you write pages like that, and you put pages up like that, you used to be able to do it a little bit better than what you can now that if you you were pretty good at seo you could still construct the page in a way that would rank for seo even though the content was really kind of not so good well this person you know he put up 79 pages of these three three to four hundred word articles with keyword stuff in them so there was no balance between what was ai what's not ai there was no 
it was all AI. So they got ding. Um, I have another site. Um, and when I say ding, they got ding pretty hard to the point where the site's been almost all but removed out of Google. I had another site that we wrote for years. They moved on to another company. That company is using AI technology to put up their new pages. I have a tool that lets me um, sort out that AI technology. That website took a very large dive. Um, and it, I think it's because for the last you know, nine months, they were putting AI content on that website. So they went from having um, good, solid, homemade content to having AI content. There's tools out there that'll do it for you. Don't, don't misunderstand. But I think the thing is, if your objective is to have really good search rankings, um, you don't want to use that, those AI tools. I will tell you from an agency level, AI and foreign writers are far cheaper than having college educated writers that live in the United States. Um, so I understand some agencies have that. My policy's never been to do that. So I, you know, we just never went down that road. So as um, we've come through these uh, changes through the years, um, we've kind of always fared okay. So um, overall, I'm going to say that the one in September was not as scary as what they wanted us all to think it was going to be. Um, and I, I, I personally, we only had the one site hit that I was in the process of changing that content out on anyway. In December, they came back and, and this is the way Google's rolling now. So this is why I want to get everybody acting more correctly, um, because it's becoming harder and harder to troubleshoot what has caused the problem. Um, they came back in and they wanted to start talking about spammy links. And I'll, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to say to you that um, we'll talk about links in a second, but they did. Uh, so we understand what I'm talking about, but they did spammy links. And then a week later they came in and they increased the content penalty, which then made it very hard to discern. Was it content? was it links? And I think they're doing that really to confuse people that have to make repairs. So what I'm going to challenge everybody in the upcoming year is not to behave in a way that's going to force you to have to make repairs because it's going to be very hard to figure out, did I do this? Did I do this? Um, I tend to try to keep track of all the changes. So if I make a change to something and then it doesn't work right, um, I know what that change is and I can back it back out. So I, I, I will say there is that, that benefits for the way I approach things. Um, but I, I think the fact of the matter is, is that our content has to be organically created it needs to serve a purpose and it needs to be good. Now, let's take Google out of that equation for a second. When I say those kind of things, that content should become a sales tool for you. It should become a way for people to find you and that you do a really good job in explaining something that says, hey, 
yeah, this person gets it. Let me call them to do business with them. That needs to be the goal. So as much as I'm talking about Google, there is a definite customer service element that by doing these things right, we're raising the bar and we're doing a better job for our end users. I have long said, and I'm, I'm going to say it again today, that content and content ideas are not that hard, that for the most part, they live in our email box. So for every person that sends in a question, that sends in a comment, I have one right now that they've been a student in this class. They wrote in, they said, I took the class a few months ago and they enumerated some questions for me. I'm going to take that and I'm going to write that answer in a way that I can take it and post it on my website because the questions were that good that I can take them and create a page of content out of them just simply by making myself answer her email in a very thought, thoughtful manner. Um, it basically it said, I hadn't started my business yet. Should I buy my domain with keywords in it? Should I name my company something with keywords in it? Um, there's some, some real good questions that were asked there. Um, and I, that's why I think I'm going to sit down and take that. And if I'm going to take the time to answer her, I might as well just add another couple hundred words to it and make it a real post on the website. And I, I that that thought appeals to me on what we're doing. So um, I would say that when a customer writes in and starts asking you a question, that we can take that customer's question and make it into a piece of content for our website so that when somebody else is looking for that answer, they're more apt to find you. And because you did a real good, and you notice I paused between the two of them that I didn't say you did a real good. But if you do a real and a good job, the chances are somebody's more apt to contact you. Um, I was reading an article this morning and I, I thought it was an interesting article. It was an interesting read because I think SEO community could use a, a reminder of this sometimes. What they were saying is that content for content's sake is not necessarily a good thing, that you need to evaluate um, the content and does that content net you customers? The content's not netting you customers. The content, even though it may rank, may not actually be good content. So I, it was an interesting um, read that I, I thought that maybe the SEO community you know, you don't do something just for the sake of doing it. You need to do something with a really distinct purpose in mind. If I write a web development page, it's because I want people to know and understand that we don't know and understand web development and we're pretty good at it. Um, if I write an SEO page, I want people to understand that we do SEO, that we know what we're doing, we know what we're talking about, and we're pretty good at it. So there's a certain air and aura about everything we put out but again, I'm thinking about how, I'm not thinking about how do I cut corners. I'm thinking about what do I need to do to do the best possible job. So it's a it's a mindset, and that mindset's really required for this day and age now for everybody to understand what they need to do and how, what they need to do to get there. And I think that's a really important thing. I think it's a really, really, really important thing, actually. So 
Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say content's really important. I want to draw some differentials here between content and blogs because I think they're both equally important but in different ways. Um, there is always seems to be a debate over what should be a page and what should be a blog. Okay, and I I tend to think if I am going to exert the fact that I, my opinion, I believe is an expert opinion, I tend to put that on the blog. If I come up with a page that's like an encyclopedia page, I would call that a page. So if I was talking about plastics, let's just say, and I wanted to say, I have a piece of plastic that can act in cold temperatures um, a, a way different than what you would think, I would put that on the blog. If I just wanted to do a history of polymers, I would do that as a page. Um, one is, you know, you've heard, you'll hear the term evergreen thrown around. I think most of what I put out is opinion. So mostly what I, what I put up for our site is blog because they're my opinions. They're what do I think? They're how I process the world. It's how I see the world. Um, and it lets customers know who I am and what I'm like and am I somebody that maybe you want to come and talk to and do some business with um I also think that like doing these classes and putting those classes out there the way that I do they help a lot in making sure that people um can get to the right place to come and see what we're doing. And, you know, they, they understand that I'm not just, you know, a person that says, Hey, I know how to do SEO. Um, because I, I actually think SEO is a lifestyle. I don't think it's something you quote unquote do. Um, it's a series of behaviors. It's not an action. Um, and, and I think the thing is, is that you have to, you have to embrace that. Um, when you embrace that and understand it's not something that you do, what you end up doing is creating a paradigm where you do what needs to be done automatically, but not in a way that's spammy. Um, putting a website together in a spammy way right now is a really bad thing to do. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to say that keyword stuffing needs to go away. Um keyword stuffing needs to stop you have to be balanced in what you do um and if you're not doing those things and doing those things well you are not going to be rewarded with a first page google listing period end of story um so that is the 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 elevation of the content that we write and that we put up is going to be one of the themes if you will, of 2023. So the next thing, um, so the next thing we're going to talk about, I'm going to jump over being an expert, mostly because I want to, I want to put that together with being, having winning presence. Next thing we need to understand is backlinks. And, you know, backlinks for years are not something that I've really talked about. And uh, it's because it's one of those things that if you do it wrong, it's probably one of the worst things that you can do. Um, if you ignore it in totality, 
the reality of it is that it will happen automatically if you do everything else we say good. But the problem that I'm seeing now is Google's looking for spammy backlinks and punishing for spammy behavior. And because there's punishing for spammy behavior, I need everybody to understand about this so that they're not doing it. So when the internet, when Google first came on the scene, they decided they were going to change how search was done. So it, for anybody listening to this that was older, you know, you could put, um, you know, tennis plus plus sign the word shoe, and it would give you results for tennis shoe. Um, you could give it, um, sorry, um, you could give it a, um, you could give it a um, quotation mark around it, and it would give you just that phrase. So the searches were pretty stupid before Google came along and they weren't um, as intuitive as they are now. So what ended up happening was Google came around, they were going to build a better mousetrap and in building a better mousetrap, their attitude was we're going to look and we're going to say, who is linking to this website? So if you were a website and you were teaching, you know, you were, you were building a website and you were out there and somebody made a link to you, they viewed that link as a, an endorsement. And they would give you credit for that link. So if you remember, there was the old page rank system. Um, there, is all, there was all of that. And um, what, ended up, what ended up happening is, uh, hold on one second, I got to do that. All right, sorry about that. Somebody was asking me a question and I can't answer right now. Anyway, um, so Google's philosophy was we were gonna, they were gonna take anybody that was linked to you and they were gonna give you credit for it. And then they came up with a page rank system that the more of these links you had, the higher your page rank was, the higher your page rank was, the more trusted your site was. And therefore the, the more apt it was to rank high. So, of course, the SEO community started jumping through the middle of that and just making links all over the Internet, um, millions and millions and millions of backlinks pointing at websites. Um, some of them were they would call them free for all link sites and you would go and you'd put your website in and it would just blast links out all over the place. Um, there was link farms, there was link rings, there was link this, there was reciprocal links, there was just all kinds of crazy links between websites. Um, and what ended up what ended up happening is that um, they needed to go in and clean up that apparatus. So back in 2007, eight, nine, something because 2009, they really started to lower the boom on links that were coming from spammy sources. So if anybody 
that's listening to this ever, you know, remembers the days when we used to talk about go put your write an article and go take it and put it on someplace like easy articles or uh, article directories. Um, what that would do is create massive links back to a website if you knew how to do it and push it out right. Um, so there was lots of opportunities to create backlinks by dropping articles all throughout these article directories. So Google came in and basically punished the article directories, which then basically disconnected everybody's websites. And a lot of people were crying and crying and crying because a lot of their websites got hit. Um, I keep saying that we weren't involved in this kind of stuff because I never was on that merry-go-round. My attitude was, um, if somebody wants to link to me, great, but I'm not going to actively pursue it. Some people say that I, that that makes me bad at what I do, but I still had top-ranking websites, so I, I can't be too bad because my websites all still ranked because they were content-based. Um, the next thing that I did was, um, or next thing that Google did, is they started to look at the quality of the backlinks, and they would um, come back to you guys and they would say, okay, well, this were these websites, you have a bad link profile and therefore we are going to um, penalize you. And when you, when you, when you did that, that was a problem. So there's that issue. Um, the next thing um, that they would come back and they would say is that they looked at link schemes and this is the thing that they've never been able to base their, their heads around. Um, the link schemes were link, uh, they, and let me explain to you how they did this and, and why it worked this way. So you and I could link to each other. And that was a reciprocal link. And that was okay for a while, but now it's not. So you could get three people and person A would link to person C, person B would link to person A, and person C would link to person B. And what you've done is you've created this interlinking system between these three websites, but no one person linked to the other person directly. So people started building these private blog networks that were pages and pages of content that they would use to link to other websites. Um, to try to give an example of that would be probably pretty difficult at this point. I don't, I don't really even, they're, they're, when I, I, I see them, I see them. I know what I'm looking at when I see them. Um, but, and probably now that I'm saying it to you, you might say, it, you might see it too and, and, and see, but Google's never been able to wrap its hands around that well because they're done from various IPs. A place like Amazon, I literally could bring up hundreds of servers under different IP addresses and never have anything related to each other and link all those sites together. And Google would be none the wiser. So they've had a really hard time wrapping themselves around these blog networks. I don't have time in my life to go build a blog network. So I've never, I've never done it. Um, never have desired to do it. Um, but basically it's, it's a way out, but there's, that's a thing out there that, um, 
we, we have. Google continues to try to go after that. So the next thing they tried to do is say, okay, does traffic come across those links? So I can have a link, you can I can have a link to your website, but if traffic never travels over that link, they, they said they discarded that link and they got very good at being granular in how they approach these links. There, there's no two ways about it. Um, they got very good at being able to say, okay, this is a bad link. We're not going to penalize the whole site. This is a good link. They're not going to penalize the whole site. They've kind of gotten good at it. But what they did in December now is they came back and they're looking for people that are being spammy in their link behavior. And I see it a lot um, that every every link to them is not a naturally occurring link, that it's a link that this these people are mentioned in articles. They have anchor text pointing to themselves. They have uh, monetizable keywords. Um, and going back to the lady that asked me what to name her business, we have to be be careful what you name it because you don't want to name your business cheap tattoos because every time you put the word those two words together, it's a monetizable keyword and Google will penalize you. So you have to be careful on what you do and how you do it. And they're now coming after spammers and link spammers. So I think a lot of people are going to get hurt again in all of this because they're starting to look at links again and how those links um, affect rankings of a website. Because again, they don't want you manipulating their system. There's ways to live within their, their system and meet their criteria rather than game the system. And I think that's, you know, they call it a helpful content update. If the content wasn't helpful, then they're not going to give you rankings for it. They, they tell you that if the um, if the uh, links, you know, if the links are not real links, they're not going to give you credit. They're, they're not going to give you credit for it um, because these classes are with the Chamber of Commerce. I'm going to say one of the best links you can have is a Chamber of Commerce link. So I want everybody to kind of remember that. Um, that if you're not a member of a chamber of commerce, you need to, if you're in Houston, the Houston West chamber is always the best one to belong to. So, <clears throat> so there is that piece of, um, the apparatus. Um, so the next thing, um, I'm going to talk about is now that we understand links and links shouldn't be spammy. They've always had a policy and it's become more prolific and front facing over the last five years or so, but they want websites that they know they can trust. They want websites that they know their authority and that they know you're an expert and websites that meet those criteria rank better. So for me, I'm going to use myself for an example. We're putting up content. I am on the University of Houston's website. I'm on HCC's website. I'm attached to multiple chambers of commerce. I am in the newspaper. I am on the television. I have worked for many years to put myself at the forefront 
of the SEO and web design community here in Houston. In doing that, Google understands that when my name appears and my name is attached to something, that that is a trustworthy, um, authoritarian brand that they can trust something that I put out. The thing is that 2023, we're all going to have to start to work towards that. Because if you're not perceived as an expert, they're going to disqualify you. If you're a lawyer, you need to be speaking as a lawyer. If you're a doctor, you need to be speaking as a doctor. If your SEO company is not listing you as the source of the material and putting your bio on the website, shame on them because it needs to be. Although that sounds like a very simple um, situation. Um, that's, that's what that is. So we will need, this is going to be a year of how do we build our authority and our ex expertness so that we are a trustable entity. And until we get that down, we're going to continue to swim upstream, unfortunately. Um, I think it's a, so as I'm telling you to make sure that the website's done right, and I'm making sure that you have good content, the reason I'm wanting you to put good content up besides the fact that if it's AI content, it's going to be penalized is because at the end of the day, if you're not an expert, it's going to penalize how well your page of content ranks. And you know, everything I do, I sign. I would, I would uh, encourage everybody, everything that you do, make sure you have your, you know, your bio on the bottom of it and that people know that you're the one that put it up and put it out there. In fact, I may even say put a byline. I, I may even start putting a byline for my just to see how it goes. Um, so with all of that said, um, the, the being of the expert is going to be a very, very large component to how well we do in uh, 2023, because it, it really is going to be a requirement to be an expert. Um, and other aspects of that, and that's kind of why I put have a winning digital perspective presence, is because all aspects need to be present. Okay, so what I mean when I say that. Um, so let's start with, we're going to have a solid website and that website's going to generate solid content. I'm going to then take that content and I'm going to make sure that I'm supporting and promoting myself through multiple social media channels. So Facebook, of course, especially if I'm, you know, if I'm a real estate agent, I'm Facebook. If I'm not a real estate, if I'm a, you know, an accountant, I may have to decide, you know, is my better squeeze to go over to LinkedIn. If I'm a divorce attorney, maybe Facebook works for me. I think each and every business has to be looked at individually to see what's the best approach to that. Um, but make sure that you have a really solid social media presence. Uh, you know, some people are saying, well, TikTok, yep. 
if you you can do that, I keep thinking myself, I probably want to start putting up, you know, SEO one minute segments and putting up little TikTok videos every day. Like I have time to do all this, but I mean, you have to look long and hard at what's going to help your business, how we're going to get there. And the strategy needs to be cohesive. It can no longer just be, I have a website or I have a social media presence or I have a Facebook page. These things have to be coordinated. They have to live together. They have to support each other. They need to have good quality interaction. They need to have good reviews. Um, if you have bad reviews, you got a big problem. So you better get good reviews. Um, so the entire process, start to finish, needs to be a cohesive situation that allows these things to be put together in a manner that, that again, make you be the expert, make you be the forefront, make you be quality. Because without them, I think that's what we're going to find is the issue. The other thing I'm going to tell everybody we need to keep an eye on, because I don't know how this, I'm waiting for Google just to buy the thing and then we'll see what's going to happen. But there's this entire chat AI program that's out there that's like kind of set the whole world and taking the whole world by storm. We need to make sure that when we write pages for our website, at minimum, that we're writing them to have some colloquial um, uh, uh, attributes. So what is an attribute? Okay, that would be a colloquial sentence. Uh, how is the best, who is the best web hosting company? Colloquial sentence. Who is the, what is the best way to go about buying business cards for your business? Colloquial sentence. So that when somebody does something with voice search, that they start to show up with chat, with these chat functions, they've got to function the same way. Um, and like I said, these chat functions are starting to take the world by storm. They're trying to put them in in place of tech support people. Um, as with every idea, it all sounds great until it actually gets put out there and something else happens with it. So I don't necessarily have a crystal ball on how well this is going to be received. Um, Frontier Airlines just went over to 100% um, AI discussion, like no customer service reps to talk to anybody. And like this morning when all the air flights were canceled across the entire country, I wonder how somebody like Frontier Airline can have chat pre-programmed fast enough to come in there and, and address a situation that is so unique um, that it's that it's a problem. So I, you know, I, I, I don't know how this is all going to manifest itself. I, I, I just know that we need to keep an eye on it because it is out there. And as much as I'm telling you, Google's not like an AI, we, there's a lot of AI things out there that are up and coming that we're going to need to keep our eye to. And maybe that is why they're valuing humans over AI, because you know what, as much as a human has to program that AI and it can learn, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, Google's own rank brain learns based on what if X happens, why, if, you know, if somebody does X and then Y happens and that happens all the time, well, that, that becomes a whole thing. So I, I think that 
chat is something that we're going to need to watch at. We're going to have to look at. We're going to need to make sure that we interact right with it. Um, if we need to do certain things, uh, we'll have to make sure that we keep uh, an eye to that. Um, you know, right now, what, where's the closest Mexican restaurant to me? If you're a Mexican restaurant, you should have that one um, nailed down. Where's the closest web designer near me? I have that near nailed down. When you're in West Houston, where who's comes up because that's where our office is. You know, so you know there is there needs to be some attention to it now, but I think we're coming up at a point in time where this is going to start to get to be way way more um, invasive and way more um, something that we're going to have to pay attention to to make sure that it's working right. So. Um, Anyway, I know, um, you know, because we have such a small class today, what ends up happening is I, I get through this and nobody's really had any questions. Um, so I haven't had really that much interaction. So I, I think that's pretty much all I have to say for the subject for today. Um, does either of you have any questions? Now would be the time to ask them. Um, and otherwise, with that, um, um, pretty much um, I've kind of said what I want to say for today. So, Sandra, do you have any questions? I don't. Okay. And how about you, Theo? Nothing. I'm good. Thank you. That was good information. Appreciate All it. All right. Oh, you're very welcome. So uh do come back anytime. We, you know, I mean Chandra's been around for years, but you know, you're you're we we have multiple subjects throughout the month. Um, usually when we have a little bit larger class, we do have a little bit more interaction and it's not just me talking. Um, but uh for the, for the moment, that's what I, that's what I, that's what I would do. So with all of that said, uh, my name is Beth Guide. I'm with Vertical Web and I will see you all two weeks and uh, we will tackle the next topic, which I don't know what I have my next topic is. So, but um, we will talk about that in two weeks and I hope to see you all then. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. That's a wrap for this week's Internet Marketing Clinic. We'll see you next week. Thank you.